Okay, so I just heard <clears throat> a perfect description of Ringo. You know, the other day in a previous episode, I was talking about the Beatles uh, thing on Disney and how, yeah, Paul and John, they're the older siblings, they're the older brothers, little Georgie boys, just a young pup, and, uh, you know, going back to when they were kids. George was 13 and they were 16, 15, 16, whatever it was. And so he's just always been in that position of being the youngest, being the baby of the group. So he's the baby brother. And nobody's listening to me. Nobody likes my ideas. Paul and John won't let me play with the ball. That kind of thing. And I was uh, I was kind of saying, well, you know, and Ringo is just kind of there. But I just was listening to Tony Kornheiser's podcast from Monday. And, and Jeannie McManus, who's one of the great uh, contributors to his show, former I, I guess former Washington Post right they work together at the Washington Post and she's a good friend of Tony's but she doesn't show up as much as I would like her to as she used to but anyways uh she had a perfect description and she said same thing that I said same thing that probably everybody's getting from this show is John and Paul are the older brothers George is the younger brother George is you know being left out of the conversation being left out of the ball game being you know just being treated like a classic younger sibling. And she said, she goes, and Ringo is the family dog. <laughs> and that's perfect. That is perfect. Because, yeah, he's there. He's not causing any trouble. He's not taking sides. He's, he has, the, the sides that he's taking is with everyone, like a dog would do. If you had a fight, if, if you had a fight with your sibling, the, the dog's still going to let both of you pet him, right? And uh, and that's that's what Ringo is. And what an amazing comparison! That's perfect. And I'm mad that I didn't think of it, but yeah, Ringo is the family dog. Paul, John, older brothers, George, younger sibling, being picked on, not not letting them play in all their reindeer games. And then yeah, Ringo is just like I said, who's the first one to show up when when everything was was going wrong? There's Ringo, good old reliable, faithful Ringo. Old family pup. Ringo shows up. He's ready to, just ready to, you know, he's having a little breakfast, having a little snack. Ringo's just cool as a cucumber, waiting for everything to happen. Peace and love. Peace and love. And, uh, yeah, so that's perfect. Uh, so, a uh, couple of things. So, yeah, Cam Newton. I forgot to mention this. Not only, what a week this has been. This is not a week... Uh, not a good week for my uh, Charlotte, North Carolina contemporaries. Uh, by that, of course, I mean Kemba Walker and Cam Newton. And uh, yeah, I mean because look, isn't it? Isn't it? It's strange, right? It's, to me, I've mentioned this a million times. I was living and working in Charlotte, and then I took a job in Boston, and then a couple years later, Kemba Walker, who was living and working in Charlotte, took a job in Boston. And then right after that, Cam Newton, who was living and working in Charlotte, took a job in Boston. They're not as well known as I am around Charlotte, but, you know, they're still pretty big names down there. And now both – and now I'm starting to worry. I'm, I'm worrying for myself because, like, well, I, you know, I set the trend of, of leaving Charlotte and coming to New England, and then those guys came. And, uh, and now they're both gone, and now they're both benched. <laughs> So I'm like, oh no, I gotta, I gotta break that trend, because you know the three of us are just so, so darn similar in so many ways, outside of the fact that we've lived and worked in the same areas, and then went to work in a 
different area, and then I think there's I think that's about where any similarities end. Is just where we've where where our employers have been located, the greater Charlotte area, the greater Boston area, and I, I think that's about it. It's about where the that's where the similarities end. But uh, yeah, Kemba, I had a long thing about him being benched in the Knicks. And then uh, Cam was was benched during the game. I think it was in the fourth quarter. The big loss to the sizable loss to Miami on Sunday. And everybody's, you know, where's Cam going to go? Where's the next stop for him? What's he going to do? Is he done with? You know, is he going to play again? I don't. You know, I'm, I'm frankly kind of surprised that he played at all this year. Uh, especially, I mean, I figured he would. He'd play for the Patriots until the COVID thing happened, and then they didn't. You know, they got rid of him, and I thought, "Ooh, well, okay." There's only so many quarterbacks and so many spots open, and he's not uh, even close to in his prime anymore as he was five, six years ago. Uh, but hey, good, nice story, feel good. He's back home, Carolina, the homecoming, and all that stuff. And unfortunately, the, the, the excitement wore off once he got out of the field and stunk up the joint, which is what he did for, which is what he did when he was there before. Towards the end of it, that's why he's, that's why he left. You think he left Carolina because he was really good? No, he left because he was just you know it's time to time to go, and he sat there going nowhere for a long time until until the Patriots picked him up and said, all right, yeah, let's try this guy out, and they tried him out for a season. What, seven and nine missed the playoffs for the first time, and and he was kind of like, you know, it's one of those things like, hey, you're not that great, so maybe you should follow all the COVID protocols and everything else that uh, the people in charge are telling you to do. And of course, he didn't do that, and of course, they cut him before the season started. He had a little little preseason action, I guess, and then they cut him before the season start started, and uh, and he has spent most of this season not playing football until two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And, uh, yeah, it's, it hasn't been, hasn't been pretty. Uh, I would imagine he's probably going to start this weekend. Uh, and then I would imagine that probably the same kind of stuff is going to happen and he'll, he'll play more football for Carolina throughout the rest of the year. And they have, they have very slim playoff hopes, but they still have a chance. Uh, so, it's just funny it's it's just football sports in general and the just the fact that nothing is everything is just so fleeting it's so quick you know somebody's here one day and then they're gone the next they're on another team they're retired they're you know it's just it's just amazing i i feel like stuff is like just getting going and then i look back in the rearview mirror so to speak and it's like oh shit that stuff's that's over you know, from anything from having a ten-year-old and a twelve-year-old who, are, you know, we were talking about all these activities that we used to do all the time and how busy, 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 nonstop it was, and uh, and it slowed down during the pandemic, and everybody kind of liked that pace, so we're hopefully going to keep it and not be crazy, go, 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 like it used to be. But I just, I was like, wow, that you know, I think the kids are, you know, maybe done with you know these sports and things that they used to do, and it's just like, wow, that was. That was quick, uh, but it's it's just like that with sports. I mean, there's there's Kemba Walker. He's in Boston, and boom, he's in he's in New York, and then now he's benched. And uh, you know, the coach, uh, the <laughs> the coach of Oklahoma, Lincoln Riley, 
he's coaching a game, and now he's now he's the coach of USC. Now he's heading heading to the Trojans, or he's there. He's not heading to. He's there, uh, which is a real shitty thing for a team to be, you know, doing that well and looking at, you know, activity in the whatever you call the postseason. I don't know that I call it postseason, but bowl season and championship season. And uh, and your coach is just uh, all right. See see ya. Bye bye. Uh, and I believe he was going to head out the door without even addressing the team. And then Bob Stoops made him uh, made him have a meeting with the team, which is, you know, it's just like wow, that's that's how it goes. But it's the, but that's how it goes. And now you got coaches shifting all this. Lincoln Riley is out in USC, and uh, uh, but uh, uh, Brian Kelly from Notre Dame going to LSU, which uh, okay. I don't. I don't know if I would. I, I guess I would. You know, I. I don't know if I still do, but I did follow. I followed as LSU on social media and their social media posts, getting a look at their state of the art facilities and all the things that they have, and you know, being in the SEC is is pretty awesome and having a, a clearer path to to championships and things like that. I I get it. And then also, you know what? They're not doing this shit for free. This isn't volunteer work. So. Eh. Yeah, it's people are just people are just funny. They're so upset, and somebody leaves. Oh, he left. He's uh, loyalty. It's like no, he got a job. Yeah, it would have been nice if he stayed through the end of the season to coach the team. That's kind of shitty when these coaches in not even not even December, the last day of November, and they're they're off to another job, off to another team. But you know what? If you can get that money, and you. If, if you're worth that much and somebody's going to pay you that much, yeah, you're going to leave. I've left very happy places because offers were made that were hard to turn down, impossible to turn down, as evidenced by the fact that I did not turn them down. And sometimes those decisions worked out and sometimes they didn't. And and that's what's going to happen. That's Even Lincoln Riley is like, you know, I'm going to go to USC and, you know, it's a it's a risk. Uh, but you know, you know, we're going to take a risk and hopefully have success and see what happens. Um, so I don't, I don't care that these coaches leave these teams, they get hired away for other jobs, you know? Yeah. Should there maybe be some kind of rule put in place that you can't leave if it's past, uh, you know, November 15th or something, you, you have to stay through the end of the year. Cause it's, you know, let's be honest, these teams, most of these teams have one game left. It's probably a bowl game. Yeah, it's pretty meaningless in the long run. But somebody, some of these teams are. <laughs> I mean, you're, yeah, some of these teams are like in in con, you know potential playoff contention. But again, at the end of the day, it is a job. It's not anything else. It is truly, it's a job. It's an income, security, uh, stability, all that stuff, and you have to do. You always have to do what's uh, the best for you and your family and all that stuff. So, man, that's what these guys are. That's what these guys are doing. I don't know. What do you? What, what do you? What, what do you want them to do? I, I don't. I don't quite follow. But, uh, anyways, um, yeah. I mean, Notre Dame is top. What top six team? You know, Oklahoma is what thirteen. Ranked thirteen, it's not like they're going to the playoffs or anything, but you know, got got a bowl game somewhere in there. 
Uh, anyway, it's just uh, it's just one of those it's just one of those interesting things. It's been a busy couple of days in the football world, both NFL and college, and yeah, seeing these big, huge, huge deals. What's Lincoln Riley getting? One hundred and ten million to go out there to California, and that's I mean USC used to be such a powerhouse. I only started watching college football in the early the early aughts. And man, USC was that was the team to watch. That was uh, Pete Carroll was the coach. I mean, my god, Matt Leinart and Reggie Bush. Oh my god, and that that unbelievable championship game against Texas, Vince Young. Oh my god. I still remember watching that with Shimo and Double J. That was actually Keith Jackson's final game that he called, I believe. And uh yeah, it was it was oh god, I love those the 2005 season, 2000 man, 2004 and 2005 Trojans. Oh my god. Just so great. So great. And probably 2003, but I wasn't really yeah. 2000 2003 was Oklahoma. I think they were Oklahoma was the big powerhouse. So it's kind of funny because those guys are not the big powerhouses anymore. They're not even, I mean, Oklahoma's ranked 13th. Okay, that's that's cool. USC's not ranked. That's just, it's just weird. Like, it's such, you know, it's it's the SEC. Georgia, Alabama, Oklahoma is going to be in the SEC. Uh, yeah, I mean, just like the... The Big Ten, the Big Twelve, you know, they they keep changing because it was the Pac Ten and it's the Pac Twelve. And I'll tell you, that tennis player guy who ran the Pac Twelve for really from two thousand nine until earlier this year, that was uh I you know, he negotiated a lot of big T V deals, so in that way he was successful. But look at those teams. Look at that Pac twelve. Like what happened? All those all those great, you know, it's just not it's not uh there's so many powerhouses. I mean, Oregon is I guess has been their best, the best Pac-12 team of the past uh however many years. But it's it's just yeah, it's just been it's been the SEC like forever. And the Big 10, yeah, Ohio State has been up there. Michigan is now number 2, so that's pretty cool. Um but uh yeah, I hope I I just I so bad I just so much want to see the USC Trojans become that big time college football team that they were fifteen years ago. Which isn't that, that long ago, but what a difference. What a drop total drop off. And yeah, you're not gonna get Reggie Bush. That's a once in a lifetime player. Like there's no he is he is as special as they come. And uh I I wish that he had a bigger NFL career, but and his NFL career was fine. But uh, I don't know. Nobody's nobody's talking about him too much in the NFL. When you talk about college players, yeah. And Matt Leinhart, what did he go to Arizona and a couple other places? And now he's you know he's an analyst on Fox or Big. T- I don't even know where the hell he is, but uh, yeah, I think he's on Fox. Yeah, it was just a great, just a great team. Man, and Pete Carroll is not doing so well right now as the coach in Seattle. So I guess, well, I I got hopeful for a little while. I thought, hey, maybe maybe Pete Carroll can go back to USC, coach the Trojans again. But 
that ship has sailed. Not that I'm, I'm sure that he was not interested in that, or they weren't. I, I doubt that there was any possibility of that happening. That's another guy. He kind of left. Am I am I wrong in saying this? I feel like he sort of left uh, USC kind of high and dry. I want to say 2008-ish, 2007, 8, 9, somewhere in there. Yeah, I want to say 2008, that he just kind of said, all right, <laughs> it's been nice going to the NFL. And, uh, yeah, and that was after, I think that was after he criticized Mark Sanchez for for uh, going to the NFL early. Which was a, that's a selfish prick thing, like how dare he try to go make money? A guy who's probably not going to be a great quarterback, and he wasn't, and has a limited amount of time to make a certain amount of money, and hopefully he made a good ton of money in the short time that he was in the NFL. Uh, Mark, did I say Matt Sanchez? It's Mark Sanchez, right? Yeah. And then and then Pete Carroll five minutes later was like, well, actually, I'm leaving too. But that's how it goes. And and that's why, you know, in the greater scheme of things, when people, God, when people leave these jobs that, not just low paying, but just any kind of job, they feel this sort of sense of, uh, my my basic point here is that loyalty is, is stupid. I used to joke about like positivity is stupid. Positivity is not actually stupid. It's 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 a good thing to have. It's a good quality. Loyalty is n- loyalty is good, but you have to use your loyalty in the smart places. Good friends, good family, your kids, your spouse. Be loyal to the people who you care about on a on a personal level. This whole like being loyal to a company and all this other stuff is, I mean, once upon a time, that's a nice little idea, you know, a nice handshake and you, you work at the same place forever and you retire and you get a nice pension and you go sit in an easy chair for the rest of your life. And, uh, that's not how it is anymore. And in fact, some people, the people who I feel bad for are the ones who started out in that loyalty era. (laughs) You know, they were probably hired by somebody who was, uh, part of you know the again the greatest generation the World War II generation somebody who was born in the in the twenties uh, hired these people probably sometime in the in the seventies sixties seventies eighties and they put a good thirty years with the company and then new management comes along and the bottom line and the shareholders and everybody else that's the stuff that's if you want to know who management and the people at the top are loyal to, that's that's it. They're loyal to the bottom line, to the shareholders, to the value of the company, to their net worth. That's it. So I remember, I mean, 10 years ago, I spent three whole whopping months at a, as a recruiter. And one of the people came in was a really nice guy. And he was probably, at that time, oh, I'd say early late 50s to early 60s in the same company for 30 years so what's that so that's the early 70s i think he would he would have been with the maybe even late 60s early 70s which probably meant that yeah he was probably hired by some you know somebody who was born in the 20s or 30s who 
who believed in that whole, like, you know, my word is my bond, a handshake agreement, or to work hard, you be loyal to the company, we'll be loyal to you, you'll get a nice retirement, everything's going to work out great. And for that person, it probably did. <laughs> and then when, when the person who hired that guy retired, uh, <laughs> probably somewhere in the, in the 90s, uh, then the, the, the managed and then other people of that age retired over the course of the eighties and the nineties and the early two thousands. And then you're left with kind of the new blood in charge and they don't feel the same way about things. And so this guy, I remember 30 some years, 20, 30 years with the same company. So this is 2012. So seven, yeah, seventies, early eighties. Uh, and and so what happens um, after all that time and all that loyalty? See ya, buddy. You don't, we don't need you anymore. And I've seen it a million times. And for some people, they say, okay, great. I'm at the end of my career anyways. What I, you know, I was going to stick around for a few more years. You know, maybe it's a little stressful because you wanted to be a certain age to, you know, to max out your Social Security, max out this, max, you know, Medicare, you know, all that stuff. I get that. And for some people, they're old enough that just they were just bored. They were just working until somebody told them to stop working. And when somebody said, okay, you're laid off, they said, okay, great. I'll take two years of severance <laughs> and then I will retire. I'm just retired. And that's, uh, that's okay. But then there's other people who are not quite there yet. And, uh, and I, just, I just remember this guy. It was just, it was just, yeah, it was sad. It was just sad. Um, he came in looking for work, and he'd been with the same company. I don't know if it was 20 or 30 years, but it's just, that's that's a punch in the face. And that was when I, you know, I kind of said, like, yeah, okay. I had already, you know, I hadn't been super loyal to any company at that point. My longest tenured job was delivering newspapers. It still remains to this day. The longest tenured role that I've ever had in my life was from the age of 11 to the age of 17, uh, fifth grade to senior year of high school, where I was uh, uh, paper boy, and that's the that's the longest I've ever spent at any one in any one role, which I still can't believe. I still think about that like every seven days a week, getting up at five thirty in the morning, and doing that. If I tried that now, I don't think I'd make it to the end of the week. And my parents were up early when we were, you know, when I was 11, 12, when I was still pretty young, um, they were out there with us. We would split up the neighborhood and my dad would deliver a few papers. My mom would deliver a few papers. If it was a really horrible, cold, you know, sub-zero, frigid Arctic temperatures and snow and ice everywhere, my dad would heat up the car and he would drive us around the neighborhood uh, so that we could have a nice warm car to get into in between delivering newspapers. Uh, and then it, and then slowly, it, you know, slowly everybody else kind of, you know, stopped doing it. It was, it was just mine for the rest of the, for the remaining years. But, uh, yeah, that was, that was, that was the longest I've ever stayed. And then a, a very close second place is Barnes & Noble. In, in retail, which was about five years, just under five years, but also not really because like there was a year that I wasn't even there and I was in, I was in Florida and I was coming back and I was in grad school and, 
it wasn't like I was there full time for five years. It was off and on until I, you know, until I officially left uh, a number of years ago. But yeah, other than that, man, if if there's something good that comes along, I I, I grab it because it's it's not about you know companies don't care. They're not looking to like it, it, it's nice. It's a nice thought, and I'm not saying that they're like evil. I'm not doing one of those, look, all, all companies are evil and they just care about the bottom line and they don't care. Yeah, yeah, that's true of a lot of places. That's not true of every place. But really, at the end of the day, these are businesses. And that is their, their purpose in life is not to make you feel good about yourself. Their purpose in life is to hire the best people to have the best service, product, whatever it is. And so it's it just, you know, they're, they're not looking to... The, the the top of their list of priorities, let's put it this way, is not your best interests. You know? And again, that's not a that's not a bad thing. That's just the nature of of the beast. So if you find something better, you can go take it. Anybody who's able to stay at the same company for a long time, I'm I'm eternally envious of them. Because I've I've come close to that kind of thing and it feels good where you don't you're past that getting to know everybody's stage and you just you feel like part of the part of the team not the new guy it's like and you're kind of in your routine and it's you know that those kind of stresses and anxieties go away but uh but then you also realize like okay what am i what am i actually worth and versus what i'm getting here and so that's what these guys these football coaches you know sorry to the team and everybody else the fans blah 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 but what am I what am I being paid right now? A lot. But what am I worth? Is it a lot more? If yes, can I get it? If yes, I should take it. Why wouldn't you? So good for good for all these guys. Really, Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly and whoever whoever gets the Notre Dame job. Uh potentially their their defensive coordinator. I guess that would be nice. Who knows? Maybe it's already been announced and I just haven't seen it, but uh either way. That's what you have to do. It's it'd be nice if you know all your favorite. <laughs> Look, I'm a wrestling fan. There's nothing more heartbreaking. Nothing set me up for life better than being a wrestling fan because I would get used to okay, uh, Macho Man Randy Savage is just going to be here in the WWF forever. He can't go anywhere else. He's the Macho Man, and so is Hulk Hogan, and so is Bret Hart, <laughs> and all of those guys left. They all leave, and they went and got paid. Big Daddy Cool Diesel, Razor Ramon, two of my favorites. Oh, these guys are they are just WWF guys through and through. Oh, the rumors can't be true. Why would they go to WCW? That place sucks. They're not, they won't do that. That's not going to actually happen. That's, a, that's crazy talk. And then they're, four months later, there they both were in WCW on their television show. It was heartbreaking. But you know what? They got to work fewer dates, have fewer matches, and get paid more money. Uh, this isn't about, like, how much can I kill myself having wrestling matches every How many five-star ladder matches that break my body can I have for less money? Because I just love the business, and I just, love, I just do it for free. No, nobody would do anything for free, nor should you, no matter how much you love something. You should never do it for free. Uh, well, I mean, you know, do it for free if you... If you, you know, circumstances allow it, I guess. 
but I, I wouldn't do anything. I, I do one thing for free and I hate it. <laughs> and I can't wait for it to be over at the end of this year. And it's something that I don't enjoy. It's something I don't look forward to. I'm exhausted. It's just, it's always this lingering thing in the back of my head that I have to do. And I can't wait for it to be over. Um, and I, you know, I don't like doing stuff that, that doesn't, that doesn't benefit me in some way. Sorry. I know people love giving back. I, I'm not that guy. I'm just not. <laughs> I do this podcast for free and that's, so there, I guess I'm, I'm calling myself out. I guess there's the thing that I do for free because I enjoy it so much, but I also don't like the fact that I do it for free. <laughs> my, my goal is my hope and my ex, whatever you want to call it is to not do this for free. That's the whole point. I want to be paid to do this at some point. If it's, you know, any amount would be something. Uh, so I don't, yeah, I've said that a lot before. Like, oh, I'm just going to, I do this for free because I love it. I'm just going to keep doing it because I love it. Uh, it's not false, but I would love it a lot more if they were paying me to do it. If somebody was paying me to do it, <laughs> which is why I have my job that somebody pays me very handsomely to do the work that I do. And that's great. Uh, uh, but anyways, I was, in, I was in the middle of some other thought, and I, my mind is just a, a blob because I'm not getting enough sleep. Uh, anyways, yeah, loyalty is not uh, – I, I calculated that my, my salary grew, I think, 800% in uh, the course of like 13 years or 14 years. Uh that's all entirely thanks to not being loyal to any company that I've ever worked for. You got to be loyal to yourself. Do what's right for you. Um, yeah. What are you worth? And is that what you're, uh, can you get more? And you, do you want more? I mean, if you don't want, you know, money is not like the end all be all for everybody. For me, it is right now at this point in my life. That's the only thing that really gets heavily factored in. So I'm very fortunate that I'm at a place that I enjoy and being paid what I'm worth. Uh, I was, I didn't have either of those boxes checked at the beginning of the year, back in January, February, March, April, May, June. Uh, and so I did something about it. <laughs> so I said, well, I'm not happy here and they're not paying me enough. And then I left and, uh, yeah, and I'm I'm just mad. I'm I'm vamping here because I had a thought and I just fucking ugh, whatever. Anyway, college coaches getting what they're getting what they're owed. You gotta you do have to get it while the getting's good. What are you worth, and can you get that? And if so, do you want it? And if all the answers are yes, then go, go and do it. I it's not it's not cool though that some of these guys would have preferred to just leave the team high, I mean without having a um, like a meeting uh, unless they were told to that's that's some bullshit it's like you wouldn't just leave your job and be like hey I'm done today I know we've got I know we've got a big huge project coming up which in this case might be the bowl games or the playoffs uh, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna leave and I'm not really gonna say anything to anybody I'm just gonna go that's that's the shitty part but uh anyway yeah Go get that fucking, go get that money. <laughs> Otherwise, don't. Don't get it. 
just if you're happy without it, if you have, I'm, I'm delirious right now. I don't even know. I don't know what my point is. I think I made my point. My point is just, yeah. If you feel like you're worth a certain amount, try and get that. That's what these college coaches are doing. And, and it makes it all so interesting. And, uh, yes. And thank you wrestling for breaking my heart so many times and making me realize that nobody is loyal to anything. <laughs> Nobody, Nobody's like, oh, I'm going to stay in WWF for the fans. You know who stayed in WWF for the fans and for the love of the company and for loyalty? You know who did? Bret Hart. You know what happened to Bret Hart? A year later, Vince McMahon fucked him 17 different ways on live TV. One of the most humiliating, disrespectful things. Maybe the most disrespectful display that's ever taken place on live TV. You know what happened to Bret Hart? He went to WCW and did absolutely nothing except get kicked in the head by Goldberg and be forced into retirement. You know what Vince McMahon did? He went on to have the most successful period that his company had ever seen. And that was because Bret Hart was loyal to Vince McMahon. And it doesn't fucking... And, and it's not to say that loyalty is a bad thing. I, I just said it's good. But you have to be... When it comes to work and your profession, cautious, cautious loyalty. Be cautiously loyal. And I'm sure that's what all these football coaches... They said, oh, I'm going to be loyal as much as I can possibly be <laughs> until somebody else is going to pay me more loyalty. <laughs> pay me more for my loyalty. And then I will be loyal to those guys. And that's it. It doesn't it doesn't have to be nice. It doesn't have to make sense. You don't have to like it, but that is how it goes. And uh to you youngsters out there, it's good to learn that early. It's good to just learn that you can go and be very happy in one job and stay there for 30 years and I that's a great like I again I'm jealous of people who have that. It seems like it would be nice. It's not something that I don't I don't think I'm ever going to have that. Uh especially just being being the age that I am, I I really hope I don't have 30 more years left in the workforce out of me, although it's quite possible because that will take me into my 70s. Uh, I would like to be done long before that. But uh yeah, you know, I have I know people who were loyal for 30 years to, uh, you know, nice little mom and pop type places. And then mom and pop sold the business. And they were, after 30 years of loyalty, they were just stuck standing there with nothing to show for it. So you just, you know, keep your head up at all times. Be looking, be checking, be, what are you worth? What's, what's, what else is out there? If you're happy, if you're good, then hey, ride that wave as long as you can. But just be, just be aware. Be aware of what's what's going on around you. I guess that's is that my advice. Is that what I'm talking about? Sure, fine. Uh, anyway, that's all. That's all for now. That's all for this. Uh, this in a series of lectures on how to navigate life by Johnny Boy, the Birthday Boy podcast. Yeah, don't worry. The, the Cliff characters they'll show up again. I'm sure. That's isn't that what you want? Me talking about this shit is can't be interesting to anybody. It's only interesting to me, but I do it for free because I just love uh, giving of my time and my energy and my effort, <laughs> and not being compensated for it. It's so great. Anyway, 
Yeah, uh, that's the other thing. People, there's, it's like this culture of like, you love something, you do it for free. No, dude. Because we have a society which runs off of money being exchanged for goods and services. So you need to get as much of it as you can. That's not a greedy Gordon Gecko thing. That's a, hey, it's nice to have a roof over your head and plenty of food and also have some cash left over to just do whatever the fuck you want with it. It's nice to live like that. That's all I'm saying. Don't give your shit away for free. Don't do shit for free. Just don't do any shit for free. Because then it also sets the, the stage and the expectation that other people, you know, somebody says, okay, I'll give you my product for free in exchange for, you know, my buddy Joe, who runs the ice cream business out in Los Angeles, a CVT soft serve ice cream out in the, uh, the Los Angeles, Hollywood area. Uh, and he regularly gets, <laughs> gets emails from big time, you know, from, from PR people and whatnot, assistants and so forth who work for, you know, big time celebrities, big time movie stars saying, Hey, uh, we'd like you to come and, uh, just, you know, give us basically, they said, we'd like you to give us, you know, do this party for two hours. Uh, and you know, but not charge us for the ice cream and for your time but instead we'll pay you in you know we'll promote the shit out of you uh, instagram you'll be all over instagram you'll just get you know you'll get so much more uh exposure that way and joe is such a great he's so great because he'll write back and be like well actually i can't pay my mortgage in exposure so i'm going to have to pass on that or i can't pay for my you know whatever can't pay for my kids, medical, whatever, you insert expense here. And he just fires back with, that's great. I don't work for free. Uh, my, uh, yeah, my, my dentist does not take exposure as a form of payment. He takes money, something like that. Uh, I tried once to give exposure to the grocery store and they said cash or credit, sir. Yeah, and it's true. Don't give your shit away for free. Uh, don't give away your time for free. This really, this started, I was, what, what were we talking about? Co- coaches and like Kimba Walker and Cam Newton being benched. And now we're talking, it's just, this is where we go on this podcast. It's quite a journey. And I'm glad you're just along for the ride. Any of you that are still listening, which might be none of you. I don't know. Uh, but, <laughs> but still, uh, I say this to you. Yeah, it's it's never yeah, don't ever give anything away for free. And uh and yeah. And now yeah, it, it's it's very important. And I I used to have that expectation too, like, oh, we're we're pals. You sh- I should just get free stuff and then I'll give you free stuff and it's like, no, you pay pay me for it. And now that I'm thinking about it. Man, my my super fan, super friend Nate, just Nate, uh, who played the most beautiful rendition of "God Only Knows" at uh, at my wedding, and he did it. He did it pro bono, and that was so nice. And Nate, send me a text. I you should get paid for the for your services. It was a nice it was a nice gift. You gave a nice gift to a friend. And uh yeah, 
we should we should we should set that uh, we should we should settle that settle that up even though you did it was a it's a nice gift but still like you went out of your you had other shit going on you had other places to be you had like an actual gig an actual paying gig later that night and you came to our wedding and you you set up your stuff it's a whole you know you set it up just like any other gig except you were walking out of there without you know without payment you got to have some food. <laughs> you had to have a meal. That's, you know, and you get to come to the wedding and not even enjoy just to have to like play a song. And it was so great. It was like really, you know, the great, truly a great moment. And, uh, nah, I owe you some money with some interest, factor in some interest on top of that. Let's see. It's, uh, 14 years later. We'll figure that out. I owe I owe Nate some money, um, but it's like yeah I would just I would but I would do that shit I gave like I gave of myself to you know helping people the number of times that I help people and I would make videos for them and edit videos and stuff for nothing when I first started like I have a demo CD because I I went through this this whole process of to try and become a professional voice actor. Back in 2009, 2010. In 2010, I went to the recording studio at Voice Coaches in Schenectady, New York, and did a professional a, a narrative demo and a character demo. And I started, I, I don't even know how this happened. I just started getting connected with some folks online on the internet. And this one kid was like asking me to do, they used to, what are they, they were called like mach, machinima? I don't know if I'm saying that right. Where you take video games and like the action in video games and you make it into movies. And he would send me a script and be like, could you do this? Um, you know, I can't pay you, but it's good exposure. And I was such a fucking sap. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess it's good exposure. And so I would do all this, you know, I I did it for him this one time and sent it to him. And, and, then, I was, and then I was like, mm, no, I'd rather, I'd rather not do this. <laughs> I'd rather not do this than do this for free. And, you know, they even told you. They were like, yeah, you might have to do some stuff for free and do the... Like, no, no. If I'm if I'm selling myself as a professional voice actor, that's what I am, and you're going to pay me. Now, the lack of work that I've had in 10 years is entirely my fault because I have not marketed myself. I have, barely, you know, I haven't done anything. And... uh and also, I'm not I'm not doing anything for free. You can go f- you you can fuck that sky high. So anyway, don't work for free. Go get a coaching job if you can in college, one of the big schools. That's really I guess that's really the that's the takeaway. Uh, Nate S, I owe you money for your wedding performance because I feel like even though that was a that was a gift, I don't know if we ever actually settled on that being a gift i think i just said hey can you play a song for me at my wedding and then you did because you're one of the nicest people uh, on the face of the planet and we just kind of you know that was that but i really you know i think you were too nice to be like dude i don't do this shit for free give me give me some fucking money and then i should have uh and then i should have given you some money for it and i still should uh but Nate's the kind of Nate. Nate's just a generous guy. He, you know. Anyway, uh, but I feel I feel like he is owed compensation. 
<laughs> this is like one of those lawyer. Uh, do you feel you're owed compensation? Uh, that's that's all you see all day long on daytime television. All right, I gotta run. Uh, yeah, go get paid and watch football and enjoy it. Even though coaches and players come and go, that's that's part of the fun, right? The highest highs, the lowest lows. And that's it. I have nothing else to say. All right. See ya.